The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Uh, let's turn our Bibles to uh, Proverbs chapter number 11, and uh, we're going to be reading from uh, verse 24. Proverbs uh, chapter number 11, verse 24. If you have it, you can say, I have it. Proverbs eleven twenty-four. This is what he says. He says, uh, there is one who scatters, uh, yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty now. This is a really powerful scripture. Uh, but sometimes when you read these scriptures in, uh, you know, uh, 15th century English, you just don't get what he's trying to say. Amen? And so we're going to try and read it in English. So let's go to the same scripture, but read it in the Message Bible. This is what he's trying to say. And um, let me assure you, just this one verse could change your life forever. You know, I have this thing that I tell people that sometimes the church gets, you know, trapped into uh, what I call a psychological obsolence. That's what the marketers out there use. They use what is called psychological obsolence. And so what they do out there is that they will make a beautiful phone and uh, it's, uh, it's a very nice phone and, uh, and, and, and then they will put it out there and you buy it and as soon as you buy it they'll put out another one uh, which is exactly like the previous one but they'll just change the name and they'll call it iphone you know 15 or 6 it's the same as iphone 14 and so what they're trying to do is to get you to feel like you're missing out and 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 man you could get in the uh, uh, trap of just trying to get the next best thing the next best thing and sometimes we bring it into the uh, uh the way we study the bible sometimes we rush over things you know well i know that verse give me another one and you get it oh i know that one give me another one uh, but really what the lord wants us to do is to allow uh these seeds of his word to be planted in our heart so that they can produce after their kind. Amen. It's not about just accumulating as much knowledge or information as you can, as it is about applying the little knowledge and be grounded in the little knowledge that God has already uh, given to you. Amen. So this is why I say uh, just this one verse could change your entire life. Not just your finances, but your entire life. Listen to what it says in the Message Bible. It says the world of the generous uh, gets larger and larger. And so, you know, traditionally we've said if you give, uh, and, and it's true, it will come back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It's true when you give, you know, things come back to you. But this verse seems to suggest that it goes beyond just money coming back to you is talking about your entire world your entire uh, sphere of existence and it's saying that that sphere of existence is connected to your generosity wow. now that's powerful it's saying the world you know when people start to uh, when they're falling in love they use this phrase right you, you rock my world <laughs> anybody ever heard that and he's talking about you rock everything around me, right? And, 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 and here, the Bible is saying that generosity can rock your entire world. The, the, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, while on the flip side, let's not forget the flip side, the world of the stingy, what does it do? It gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And so many, many years ago, I realized that, you know, finances was the one area that I needed help in. You know, I grew up poor. I grew up in a three-roomed house, sleeping under the kitchen table. And sometimes, it was so bad, sometimes in the, in the summer, the, the rats would come out in the neighborhood, infest the whole neighborhood, and then things, man, they didn't discriminate. They would come and try to, you know, join the party while I'm sleeping on the floor. Now, when you're sleeping on the floor, that's easy access. Freak me out. <laughs> Freak me out and roaches are in there. It was a mess. And so I say this to say, you know, my situation wasn't, uh, you know, uh, uh, as, as nice as some of you's situation was. But when I learned this, I knew that I could change something about my world. 
And so when I started to work, you know, nothing much changed because, you know, sometimes when you grow up in an environment of poverty, the poverty gets in you. It's not the poverty around you that's the problem. It's when the poverty gets in you. It's when the, the mentality of sleeping on the floor and the rats get in you. When that happens, Cliff, what happens is even if I get a million rand, I would spend it so fast so I can go back to sleeping on the floor. Can I get an amen? I would go and run up, uh, get a credit card. In fact, I wouldn't even go get a credit card. They would call me to tell me I'm already pre-approved for 200,000 rand of money to spend. And I'll say, yes, sir. Take that sucker, go to Edgar's. 170,000 worth of clothes. Now I'm 170,000 deep with 18% uh, uh, credit uh, uh, interest, <laughs> sometimes they run that sucker up to 28%. That's mortgaging your life. Can I get an amen? We're still talking about finances. So I was in trouble. You start to get the picture? And so I needed help. And so what did I do? I went to this scripture and I said, Lord, what do you mean? And the Lord said to me, you're going to have to fix your thinking. That's what the Lord said to me. He said, you're going to have to fix your thinking. You need to have a mindset of abundance. And so I was praying. I said, Lord, give me money. The Lord said, no, you don't need money. You need a new mindset. I said, Lord, I, I know what I need, Lord. I don't need no mindset. I need some money. And the Lord said, no, that's not what you need. You need, in fact, the, the show, Pastor H was telling me about this show on television where the, they show different people who run into money, right? And then they, 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 they don't have a mindset of keeping that money and, and they end up in a worse place than they started. Amen? And so uh, the Lord told me, he said, you need, you need a different way of thinking when it comes to finance. I said, what's that, Lord? And the Lord pointed me to Proverbs 11, verse 24. Now, with that in mind, I want to read it again. It says here, the world of the generous, what happens to it? It gets larger and larger and larger, while the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Now, one of the indicators of a stingy person is when you're just all about yourself. You know, the, the holy undignified uh, trinity, unholy trinity, me, myself, and I, when, you, when that's all you're thinking about, man, you are in, a, in, a, in smallness. You're already starting in smallness. I was talking to the uh, guys at our staff meeting on Friday. I said, man, you've got to start growing on the inside of you that you just start to repel anything small. And you attract large. Can I get an amen? And so what we are talking about here is to turn your life around. And the way you're going to do it is to switch your thinking. Get a mindset of generosity. And when you do, your world is going to start to get larger and larger. And so when I re realized this, I knew I needed to do something spiritual. I, need, I knew I needed some help. And so I started to pray. I started to go to all night prayer meetings. And I, mean, I started praying, Lord, send me money. Lord, I need you to fix this. And the Lord kept telling me, no, you don't need money. And I was praying, Lord, I need money. He said, no, you don't need money. I said, Lord, what do I need? He said, you're going to have to fix uh, uh, the way you think. Why? Because uh, money is a science to it. You have to understand finances for you to function in it and stay in the game long enough until you start to prosper. Yeah. Can I get an amen? amen. Uh, uh, Mike Maddock in his book, uh, The Law of Recognition, he said this about his dad. He said his dad was a sincere man. He didn't know anyone who loved the Lord like his dad. He said his dad was actually a part of the intercession team, uh, but his dad loved God, but he was broke. And he couldn't believe it. And what he learned from that is that his dad did not understand the science of money. You've got to understand the, sign of, the science of money. Why? Because money is attracted. It's not pursued. Come on, come Can I get an amen? And so I learned this. I said, there is a science of money. They said, yes. And so I decided way back in 2010, I said, you know what? I'm going to get myself on a boot camp uh, to, to fix this. You know, uh, 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 people jumpstart things like, you know, uh, Pastor H could help you with this. Brenda could help you with this. If you're planning to uh, lose weight or get in the gym, they can help you. They can really help you. They can get you a 90-day program. That works. And how do I know it works? Because it's worked on them. It's the first indicator. You know, Pastor H put a picture of, of himself 
what, three, four years ago, he put a picture of it and he put his current and you could see transformation. And so if you're going to get help about uh, how to get into a boot camp about losing weight, you might want to talk to a guy who's done it and who's got before and after. Can I get an amen? And so I knew I needed some help. And so I created my own boot camp meal. Now, this is not by any means the prescribed way to get out of you know, poverty, but that's what I did for me because I knew I needed to fix some things. So I created a boot camp meal for, for you know, myself. And the first thing I did was I decided I was going to attend a financial conference uh, at least once every year to just understand what's this money thing about. I'm in trouble. can pay off nothing. I mean, they were repossessing the car. They were trying to repossess the cell phone. It was bad. He said, we're going to come get your cell phone and you. Can I get an amen? And so I needed help. And so I decided I was going to attend a, a financial conference. And from 20, 2018, we've attended, you know, Wealth Builders Conference uh, without missing a year, you know, of course, outside of the COVID years. And I decided I was going to listen to, you know, a podcast about finances, in particular, Billy Earhart's podcast on finances, because I knew I needed to fix some things. I decided I was going to listen to everything, you know, Ashley Terridas would put out on money. Why? Because he understands something about money. Amen. He was doing something right. In fact, I heard Andrew Womack say this. He said, you know, Ashley Terrades, he said this, what, three weeks ago, Marshall sent me the clip. He said, Ashley Terrades uh, uh, wrote him a check for 100,000 U.S. dollars. I said, man, listen, I need to learn from this guy. What's that, 1.8 million rand in one offering? I said, I need to learn from this guy. So everything he puts out, I listen to it. You know why? Because he knows something I don't know. And so I'm not just looking to be around him and hang out and look cute. I'm looking to see what he thinks like so I can also start thinking like him. Can I get an amen? amen. You know, we're dealing with something here. We're dealing with finances. And so uh, uh, I also decided I was going to listen to Andrew Womack. Some of you don't know who Andrew Womack is. He's a minister of the gospel in uh, Woodland Park in, in Colorado. And so Andrew decided to do this many, many years ago uh, uh, for his school. He runs a Bible school out there. And so he decided to do this many, many years ago. He decided that he was going to teach on one subject only. There's a thing they do out there called uh, chapel. So every week they have a thing that they do called chapel. And Andrew decided that if he was going to teach chapel, you would teach on one subject only. And that subject is, is finances. And so every time Andrew does chapel, you can go home. When you go on YouTube, go Andrew Womack and put chapel. It's going to pull out 200 sermons. All of them are about one thing. Now, if you're in trouble financially, I highly recommend that. Now, here's the problem. is that we have people begging left, right, and center won't listen to chapel. Pastor, you know, and, and it's always about some spiritual. Pastor, I'm going on a mission trip. Give me some money. No, you go listen to chapel. Come on. Amen. Amen. Can I get an amen? Because the formula is not begging. The formula is sowing. The world of the generous, what happens to it? I'm getting, I mean, I, I get emails every single week, kid you not, from people who are supposed to be studying the Bible for a living from pastors all over the continent of Africa, whenever we go live and we put our broadcast on television, Marshall told me the phone was blowing up yesterday in the evening when the program was going. And half of those calls are people saying, give me some. That's not what he said. He said the world of the generous is the one that gets larger. The world of the beggars, nothing happens to it. The formula to get into financial freedom is not begging. Can I get a resounding amen? And it's time Africa changes its mindset. We are not a basket case. When we go into the world, we've got something to contribute. Can I get an amen? And this is why when I travel all over the world, Pastor C and I travel all over the world, they're expecting, when we put out our presentations, they're expecting us to get to the part where we start talking about we're running an orphanage and we have little kids that are malnutrition. On the, they expect us to get to that part. We never get to it. You know why? Because we are not a basket case. We've got something to say and we've got something to contribute. Can I get an amen? It's a different generation. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And so, if you're dealing in the realm of finances, we as a continent have to change our thinking. 
And some people will send you a message, say, Pastor, you know, I'm just trusting God to go and on this mission trip in, in Liberia. Can you please give me 1,000? You know you're not trusting God. You're trusting me. And cursed is a man who puts his trust in a man. And because you're trusting me, if I give you some, I'm enabling you. Is this tight? I know it's right. And so let me help someone. Let me help someone. Let me help someone. If you really believe in God to go on a mission trip, do you know what you do? You find a mission organization, start giving to them. If you really believe in God for someone to pay your school fees, you know what you do? You find someone else who's struggling with school fees and start giving to them. Giving is your way out because it fixes the way you think. And the government is not going to give us. In fact, when they said you should run, the, the da most dangerous words you can ever hear is, my name is the government and I'm here to help you. <laughs> They're not here to help you. And so, the big takeaway, what is the big takeaway? The big takeaway with all of this is this, that what happens in the pews is predicated upon what happens in the pulpit. That's the big key. Don't ever forget this. If the pulpit is sick, the people are going to be sick. If the pulpit is prejudiced, the people are going to be prejudiced. If the pulpit is broke, the pulpit is broke, the people are going to be broke. Just last month, February, Pastor C and I, personally, someone say personally, we gave into the ministry a little over 50,000 rand into the ministry. So you're not looking at a broke pastor. That should bless you. I think it's a good thing not to have a broke pastor. So, so this is not a sermon. It's a message. Can I get an amen? I'm not trying to get some. I'm trying to help you uh, get out of the, 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 the struggle that you're in. Don't give just to tip God, uh, you know, just to uh, feel good about yourself. No, give because you realize the world of the generous. It's your entire world, everything you touch. Now, you know, Pastor C and I, we're at a place in our lives where the breakthroughs are coming in fast and furious. It's starting to be embarrassing. It's, it, it's, I can't even share some of the things the Lord is doing in our lives because you're going to think I'm bragging. It's that big. And what happened? When you start to become generous, 2016, 2000, and I'm saying this uh, because I really want to bless you. I want you to see it's different mindset here. 2016, you know, a friend of mine, uh, Yukon in New York, we decided we were going to start a network, you know, for pastors and help pastors and minister to them and so on and so forth. And another guy joined us, uh, uh, Devin from Los Angeles. So it was the three of us really who uh, pioneered this thing, right? We sat down and said, man, this is what we want to do. We would like to, to be a blessing to pastors so the mindset was to be a blessing to a group of people called pastors and so we met in Dallas Texas and we attended a conference we came back it was such a blessing when I came back I said to God I said Lord uh, if you give me an opportunity through this avenue I'm going to open up doors that will allow many of my people to experience what I just experienced not just in the sense of uh, a leadership and training but some of them just to get out of their their what they know their mundane some of them, some of them, you know, didn't. And, and from that day, 2016 until today, uh, personally, through that, that, that uh, organization we started. Now, here's the deal is that the organization, the only people they want, they require to see is Pastor C and I. But because I have a mindset of generosity, I'm not just going alone. I want to go with the whole clan. And so the following year, I didn't go alone. I went with five of my own. I said, Pastor H, pick some bags. We're going to go to Los Angeles. He said, say what? I said, that's where we're going. He said, I, I, I've never left the continent of Africa. I said, boy, you hang around me. I'm going to open some doors for you. Now, I'm telling you, you hang around me, life gets good. Now, I'm not lying. You hang around me long enough, life is going to get better. So I said, pack some bags, we're going to go. And uh, Tinashe Maru, I said, pack some bags, we're going to go. Pastor Dave, Basson, I said, man, would you mind traveling with me? He said, man, I don't mind. Dillian, I said, Dillian, would you like to go to Los Angeles? She said, oh, for sure. I said, pack some bags, let's go. 
20, 2017, packed some bags, we left and we went. And uh, two years later, 2019, I said to Marshall, I said, pack some bags, we're going to go somewhere. I said, that year, I went all out. See, because when you're generous, sometimes you, you know no limits. I said, uh, Marshall, pack some bags, we're going to go. I said, Jabu, pack some bags, we're going to go. I said, uh, uh, Spiewe, pack some bags. Tanasha, I think we had 15, Pastor Dan's Villa, everybody. Pack your bags, we're going to go somewhere. On a trip fully paid for. How about that? And some of them would say, Pastor, I didn't even have a passport. Pastor, I had never left Johannesburg. I said, where we go? They said, where we go? I said, we're going to Manhattan. In New York City. Now, here's the problem with most of us is that if you had an opportunity like that, you would strictly reserve it for yourself. That is why your world is getting smaller and smaller. And it is closing in on you and it's starting to suffocate you. Because you're all about me, myself, and I. Last year, uh, it was Mexico and, and, and the USA. As I was sitting in my office. I said, who should I send? I said, man, I'd like to, I, I called Aubrey. I said, Aubrey, Lungi, do you, have, you got, do you guys have passports? He said, no, we don't. I said, go get yourself a passport. I, I want to put you on a fully paid for trip. He went and got, a pa- uh, got his passport three days. Past time ready. And then, you know, the Lord blessed them with a the baby. So you called me and said, man, I can't go this time around. I said, we're going to have to find someone else. I called uh, 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 Sabella. Where's Sabella? I called Sabella. I said, man, I want to send you. Have you ever been to America? He said, no. I, I said, man, I want to send you and Bongi on a trip of your lifetime. He called me. He said, man, I just started a new job. I can't go. At this stage, I'm getting really discouraged because, man, I'm not going to send anyone. But I'm such a giver, I really want to maximize on this opportunity and give it to someone. Finally, after searching high and low for someone to bless, literally, we would sit at the office and say, who can we send? True story. I called Q. I said, can you think of someone? And my wife, you know, came. She said, okay, we're going to uh, send Jabu. We're going to send Julie. And we're going to send, where else went with you guys? No, she's recorded. She said, man, I don't even have a passport. She said, you don't have a passport? You go get your passport, girl. <laughs> True story. She went and got a passport. She said, I got my passport. She said, now you need to get a visa. She said, man, uh, uh, how do I do this? So you, this is how you go about it. We'll give you all the information that you need. She went there and I said, hey, girl, I'm just, you know, trying to be cautious. Yeah, I'm not sure we have enough time. She said, man, I'm going to believe the Lord. And she went and did that thing. And guess what? She went and, and when she went, uh, I found out a story while she was going. I said, hey, what's going on? What's been going on in your life? She said, man, I took a gap year because I'm going to go back and do my uh, honors. You do your honors and then you do your, your, your master's or whatever. She's done her honors. She's not going to do master's or something. I don't know, undergrad honors. She said, man, I took a gap year. I said, uh, so you want a gap year? She said, yes. Yeah. So that means you got time? She said, yeah. I said, what? Would you like to stay for six weeks? She said, how are you going to do that? I said, I, I pick up the phone. I got resources. <laughs> and so what I do is I, I went and opened a group. I said, hey, listen, fellas. These are my fellas that the Lord has blessed me with. I said, listen, fellas, I'd like to bless this young girl and this so on and so forth. And I said, I need someone to pay for flights from New York to Texas. says, I got this. One of the guys says, I got this. I need someone to open up their home, feed them, and teach them something. about. says, I got this. I need someone to take her on a tour. says, I got this. We had 12 people volunteering to do stuff. Now, I'm giving and sowing into it. What do you think is happening to my life? The world is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Amen? Amen. Now, it's a mindset. Now, from a boy who grew up sleeping under the kitchen table, I mean, owning a bicycle would have been remarkable in my life, where I came from. Now you're doing something for somebody else. How about that? Amen. Amen. Now here's the challenge to all of you. What have you done for the gospel? What have you done for somebody else? Do you know why they say uh, 80% of the uh, people that go into ministry fail in the first year? It is because they're trying to get something. You don't go into ministry to get something. You go into ministry to give something. 
If you've got none to give, I suggest you just chill out and sit down. I truly suggest that. Everybody can say something, but, but really, God is calling us to be a people that can be a blessing to a dying world. What do we have to give to other people? This is where God uh, wants us to operate from. Can I get an amen? Now, if you go to Luke 16, he tells us some other things there. Let's go to Luke 16, actually. Uh, Is this blessing you? I'm going to get to my sermon, but, you know, my time is, I'm watching my time, so I'm not going to take any of your time. You know, my time is, is there, right in front of me. So the offering could be 40 minutes. I'm just going with the Holy Ghost. Someone needed this. Can I get an amen? you got to fix something. Start where you are. Some of you, this is where you need to start. You know, at the office, when I go to the office, I always like to buy people lunch. But what I've noticed started to happening with those around me is that when I get there and I'm trying to buy someone else lunch, they say, no, but I want to get you lunch. I want to get, uh, man, we have a, a community of people that are just trying to give something to someone. And it's a different mindset. Can I get an Amen. And so he says here in Luke 16, verse 10, uh, it says, He that is faithful in that which is least is also faithful in what? In much. He that is unjust in uh, in least is also unjust in what? In much. Uh, If therefore you have not been faithful in handling money or in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Now all of us are trying to get to the true riches. What is the true riches? The true riches when God entrusts you to Pharaoh with an opportunity to open doors for 18, 20 people. Uh, for them to be able to experience something they have not been experienced. Are you going to be faithful with that or are you going to uh, park it in your backyard so you can enjoy it for yourself? Are you going to be a blessing to somebody else or are you just going to be looking out uh, for yourself? If you're not unfaithful in handling material things in this natural carnal world, you are likely not going to be faithful in handling uh, true riches and because of that you will not have access into true riches. Can I get an amen? amen? And so he says here in verse 12, If you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? That's the key. That's the principle. And this is the reason why, you know, Pastor C and I are always trying to uh, uh, get involved with something that belongs to someone else. Intentionally. This is the reason why we do that. You know, we're running Faith Hill Church. Uh, uh, we design a life. We're supposed to be busy, but we will still take on a terrorist ministry assignment. In fact, I had someone call me uh, from Denver, Colorado, to offer me another a position, you know, on top of what I'm already doing, I might just take it, you know, for the sake of doing it and, and, and be a blessing to them. And the reason why I would do that is, is, is if you are just focused uh, at yourself and what you are doing, you could actually turn what you are doing, your business, you could focus uh, so much on it, on your ministry, that you could turn it into a God. And you start worshiping it. And then God will start fighting it, not because he's fighting your ministry, but there will not be another God to challenge him as God. And so God will fight your ministry, not because he's fighting ministry, but he's fighting your God. And so what do you do as a, as a pastor of a church to stop yourself from doing that? You go find another ministry to focus on and pour into so that you don't turn what you're doing into a God. You get faithful with world builders. You get faithful with terrorist ministers. You get faithful with all these different things that God brings your way so that you can stop it from elevating itself to a point where you start worshiping it. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so he says he who is faithful with something that belongs to somebody else qualifies himself. How do I know? I told my leadership team last week, I said prophetically, I believe we are now ready to get our own building. And they said, this is what they said. They said, how come? How do you know? I said, because when we came to this place, we made it better than we found it. When we came back here at Eagle's Nest, uh, we, were, we built, you know, if you go there, the kids section with the wooden stuff, we went in there and we built that, uh, all three of that, uh, a little over 500,000 rand. We sowed it into the owners. We say, that's, your, that's yours. That's a, our seed from us to you. 
sold it to them. And not only did we sell it to them, we went and found a worthy tenant for them. I went and I told them, I said, you know what would work? A quality tenant. I said, you know what would work is you could get this lady, her name is Sophia, I know her, and you could talk to her and she could come and run a kum on a school here. It's not going to disrupt anything else that you're doing. She's going to bring quality, you know, uh, 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 people that, that, you know, really the, the, the state of the property is going to be kept uh, uh, pristine just like it is because of this tenant and I vouched for her. And not only did we do all of that, man, we, we take care of this place. Why? Because he who is faithful with something that belongs to somebody else will qualify themselves. Man, if you're not even looking after the house that you're renting. Yay. Hallelujah! <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't sweep that thing, if you don't clean the walls, you don't do the garden. You know why? I'm going to start doing this when I buy my own. Man, you're lying to yourself. When you rent a car, do you take care of it like your own? See, 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 all those attitudes will follow you everywhere in life. When you rent a hotel room, do you take care of it? Or you're breaking things down. Just some certain people, they come rent your Airbnb and man, they just break everything. And so what are they doing? They're disqualifying themselves. What did he say? He said, if you have not been faithful in that which belongs to somebody else, who will entrust? So how do I know we are ready to get our own buildings? Because after service, I'm the last one to leave the property, just in case you didn't know. After service, I go into the bathroom and I check to see if we left it the way we found it. And if I see that, you know, the place is in a mess, guess what? I'm going to clean it up and make sure we left it the way we found it. I walk around and if I see a piece of paper, you know, around there, I see people drink, you know, uh, Coca-Cola and they just throw their cans down. I, you know, I'm going to clean after them. What am I doing? I'm working on being faithful with something that belongs to somebody else, qualifying myself. See, if you don't work on that, when you get your own place, it's going to be trash. If you don't know how to, you know, when we did the new kids section, we hired a professional to come and do the, the landscaping from scratch. We said, man, this place has got to look like heaven. And we know heaven has got green grass, beautiful, nightly manicured, neatly manicured. We said, that's what we want. That's what we're going to do. They said, how much? It's 50,000 rand. We said, we're going to do it. What's happening? We're being faithful with something that belongs to who? In fact, at one point, we all came as leaders, and some of our life group leaders, we came here. We all came with brooms and mops, you remember? We came with brooms and mops, and we were cleaning the whole place up, cleaning the whole place up. We found out that the towels outside had glitters. We hadn't seen those glitters in years. We scrubbed that thing, man. You see glitters. We went outside, and we started picking all the trash. What are you doing? You're working on being faithful with something that belongs to somebody else, and what does that do? That qualifies you for something that belongs to you. Now, some of you are called to own businesses, but you won't even show up at the job, the business that belongs to somebody else, on time. And when you do, you print your entire syllabus. No, I'm not talking to you guys. It's the people who didn't come. With company, what is it called? Stationery. Bond paper. You print your entire syllabus. And some of it is Bible notes. That's an oxymoron. This guy on, on YouTube, he said, that's confusion of the highest order. That's what he said. Man, you got to learn how to be faithful. So what do you do? You show up on time. In fact, the Apostle Paul told it uh, to us in Ephesians chapter number 5. He said, don't, be, don't work as a man pleaser. You know what a, a man pleaser does? They just work when the boss is looking. And then when the boss looks away, they stop working. They go on, way back in my day, they would go on solitaire. You remember solitaire? Man, that's not godly, and that's what's keeping you broke. 
You, you come to church, you love the Lord, but just because you're sincere does not mean you understand the science of money. Can I get an amen? amen. He says faithful with the least. You've got to learn how to be faithful with the least. In other words, you don't spend everything that comes in. You're faithful with the list. You give your money an assignment. And then he says, you're faithful with unrighteous mammon. You know how to handle finances. You know when to give. You know when to be a blessing. You don't consume everything. And then he says, faithful with something that belongs to someone else. When you get a job, you go there and you be a blessing. And when you do that, he says, the diligent soul shall prosper. We've done a lot of praying, but I believe it's time for us to do a lot of hard working. Can I get an amen? amen? Let's close with this. Second Corinthians chapter number nine. We will get to the teaching. We may do five minutes. <laughs> but we will get there. Second Corinthians chapter number nine from verse six to ten. It says this. It says, but I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap how? Sparingly. Remember the world of the, of the generous, what happens to it? It gets larger and larger and larger. And so this is the New Testament cousin of that scripture we read. Because giving works on you more than it works on the person you are giving to. This is why Jesus said, he meant it. It wasn't just Bible talk. He meant it. He said, blessed it is to give than it is to receive. He says, more blessed is he who gives than he who receives. It's more, it's, it's more of a blessing. What you experience it, when you give something to someone is more than just the money you reap from it. When you give something to someone, it, it works on your thinking. Because the number one reason people don't give, especially Africa as a continent, is the reason why we don't give is because we believe we don't have. And unfortunately, when you believe you don't have, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you think you don't have, you are right. You just won't have. And so there's another man with little, but they believe there's more where this little came from. There's more in heaven. And so you know what they'll do? They'll take the little that they have and then they'll, you know, give it away. Give a little bit of it away. And when they do that, uh, 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 they start to tap into a different way of thinking. Now, instead of saying, I'm not giving because I don't have, now they're saying, I give because I have. Even though they have little, then they take it to the next level. You know what? I actually do have. Why? Because there's more where this came from. And they start walking around with an open hand. And all of a sudden, they start to receive. You know why? Because when you walk around with a clenched fist, a closed hand, you can't receive. As one hand receives, the other hand gives. And as the resources flow through, there's going to be plenty for you. Man, get yourself around people who are generous. People who just challenge you to start thinking at a different level. We were at World Builders Conference. And, and uh, you know, it was lunchtime. And uh, Billy Earhart wanted us to connect with his son, uh, Brent, and Abby, and, 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 and his wife. And uh, he wanted us to connect and go see their new building and so on and so forth. And Billy went to uh, Brent and he said this to Brent. He said... Uh, Listen, I want you to take uh, Tafara and Chipo out for lunch, but I want you to take them to my favorite restaurant. Now, when a millionaire say to the favorite restaurant, you're in for a trip, for, for a treat. And so we went to this place, and I went into the, uh, uh, you see, in, in, in Africa, when I'm on the continent, I never order from the right side of the menu because I'm kind of used to it, right? 300 rand, I can handle that. Now I'm in a restaurant where the list uh, uh, meal in there was 75 US dollars for a starter. That's for a starter. So I'm looking at the meals, 125, 130. And this is what Billy said to Brent. He said, hey, I want you to take Tafara and Chip out and anybody else who would come and uh, let me get you my card. He pulled out his card and he gave it to, uh, to, to, to Brent. And then Brent said this. He said, man, when this card is out, we, we're going to be bowling today. <laughs> True story. Is that what he said? That's what he said. He said, he said this, card, this card comes out, we're bowling. And so I'm watching. I'm, I'm thinking, how, what's going on in, in this man's mind? Because now I want to know what's go, what goes on in his mind. Because that's what I'm after. I'm not just after what he's doing. I'm after how does he think? And I realize this man thinks abundance. Stuff don't mean much to him. And he's a generous man. I said, Lord, upgrade me. I want to be able to do this with people. Pull out a card and say, hey, I'm, I won't even be there. See, because I'm still at the level where 
I don't mind taking people out to eat, and I do. But as people order, I'm 135 plus 167 plus 206 plus 35 appetizer. Still works. Ah, another one. I'm in the game. The Lord is working on me. I'm on my way somewhere. Amen. But I want to get to a level where I can, I can, I already bless someone with a car. I want to get to a level where I can build someone a house. How do you do that? You fix your thinking. You got to fix your thinking. There's no shortage of money. In fact, there are more hundred runs than there are ten runs. Did you know that? <laughs> there are more hundred runs than there are ten runs. So your chances of bumping into hundred runs are more. You just got to fix your thinking. Can I get an amen? amen? And so as you give today, man, I want to challenge you. <laughs> All of this, man, I can't believe the man took an offering for 45 minutes. <laughs> No, that wasn't taking an offering. I'm trying to fix your lifestyle. So you might give today in the, in the offering basket, but don't let it stop today. Amen? Some of you are going to go out for lunch, fight for the bill. Amen? Take the whole thing. Have you ever seen these people? They are not here. They didn't come this morning. <laughs> They go out to eat and then they start passing it around. Someone is like, Tafara, this is what I ate. 2.31. And then they pass it to someone else. This is what I ate. And the waiter has to swipe 15 times for one table. What an inconvenience. 15 times the waiter has to swipe. you, And he has to do the math. You take the whole thing. Am I preaching to the right church? Take the whole thing. Amen. It's going to work on your thinking. Don't be the crocodile guy. We went out to eat with this guy, Michael. You remember Michael? He came to this church. He was working at the U.S. Embassy, one of the uh, 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 CIA guys there. And you remember Mike? I mean, he liked to talk about guns. And when he would come to church, he was a serious guy. In fact, it was interesting the way he joined the church. Uh, the, the first Sunday, uh, another guy came with glasses. And he just sat there while I was preaching. And it was a small church back then. It was like 30 of us. So I couldn't uh, uh, miss him. You know, he was wearing glasses. He's watching me. I finished preaching. He came. He introduced himself. He told me who he was. He said, man, I work for the U.S. Embassy. I said, okay, cool. And then next week, he came with another guy. I think it might have been his boss, right? They came, two of them. They're sitting there. They're listening uh, to, to, to me preach. And, and then the following week, they came and dropped off Mike and his family, Michael. And I think Michael was some sort of important person because they wanted to check out if the place is, you know, discreet enough and safe and so on and so forth. And so Michael comes and Michael joins our life group and so we become family. And so we went to uh, eat the one time and then while we were eating, Lloyd was there. Lloyd was there. We were all eating. And uh, these are two, two stories. That's why I, you know, show you who was there so you can talk to them afterwards and say, is this for real? It's a true story. And so Lloyd was there, and uh, the guy said this to us. We're eating. He said this to us. At the end, he said, I'm going to take the whole bill. I said, no, Michael, don't worry. I got this. He said, no, I want to take the whole bill, Pastor. I'm not the crocodile guy. I said, crocodile guy? What's that? He said, the crocodile guy is the guy who, uh, when the food is flowing, he eats everything with a long mouth. Snap, 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 snap. Are you going to eat that? They take your food. Are you going to eat that? What's that? Can I taste your food? Snap, 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 snap. And he said, but all of a sudden, when the bill comes, they sit up straight and their hands get short. <laughs> they can't reach the bill. They can't reach the bill. He said... The crocodile guy will say, ah, I forgot my wallet. It's not anyone here. Ah, I forgot my wallet. 
I'll, take, I'll get you the next time. He said, no, I'm not the crocodile guy. And so what I'm saying to you this morning is, don't be the crocodile guy in your family. Don't be the crocodile guy at work. Be the generous guy. What happens when you are the generous guy? Your world gets larger and larger. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Someone shout, I'm generous. Therefore, my world will get larger and larger and larger. Divine connections. Kairos moments. Man, some of you, you've been stuck in your job and you're trying to go to the next level and uh, it's not happening because there seems to be a ceiling, a wall that you can't break forth. Uh, uh, all you need to fix is your giving. You start giving, you become generous, divine connections are going to come to you. I stopped applying for a job. The last job I applied for was in 2005. I've never applied for a job ever since, never had a CV. Jobs would come to me. What happens? What happens is when you start becoming generous, it's your world that will send people that are supposed to give you jobs. Amen. Amen. Just last week, I had a friend of mine who runs a multi-million uh, run business. He sent me a message, and I'm meeting with him on Thursday. He said, hey, Tafara, I just thought of you. The Holy Spirit put you in my heart. There's a business opportunity I want to discuss uh, with you now. This, is, this ain't no pyramid scheme. He's not that kind of guy. Some of you, I won't even respond because there's a business opportunity. I know exactly what business opportunity. It's to sell Herbalife. I ain't doing none of that. This is a real business opportunity. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen. Say no pyramid scheme. This is a real deal. And so he said, hey, I want to meet you on Thursday. I want to talk to you so we can... I didn't call him. He called me. And it's going to happen for some of you, but you have to fix your heart. Don't be stingy. Your world will get small and small, and it will close you in. It gets claustrophobic in there because you are now dealing with crumbs, breadcrumbs. And it's many of you. The stingy neighborhood is packed with people. Too many people in there. I'm, I'm not going there. The generous, generosity neighborhood is packed, is empty. Packed with resources. That's why Jesus said the harvest is plentiful. It's the laborers that are few. People to pick the harvest. They're the ones that are few. Opportunities are everywhere. It's the people who can harvest that are, are nowhere to be seen. Why? Because we have the wrong mindset. We have the wrong mentality. Man, we have to fix our thinking. Be a blessing. Amen. In fact, this week I want to challenge you. This week. For some of you, it's going to be hard. When you go and buy a coffee at work, when you buy a coffee, do a paid forward. I didn't get an amen except one at the end of one. How much is a coffee? 30 bucks? Just find someone around there who's trying to get it. What's your name? Hey, I'm going to get that. I'll get you a coffee. That's some of you, that's where you need to start. With an extra 30 rand on top of your 30 rand on that cappuccino. And then next week, you upgrade it to Nando's. An extra 80 rand on top of your 80 rand. And the following week, we upgraded to uh, a, a, a trip, you know, bless a family to go on vacation. And we upgrade that to a car, buy somebody else a car. You see, the amens are dying because we're moving. You know why? Because if you're writing a check for, I thought about it. I said, if Ashley is writing a check for $100,000, what's he got? <laughs> how much does he have man when you start believing God to write a check for 2 million rand God is going to give you 10 because he knows you got to leave amen. amen but if your goal is to give an offering of 100 rand yeah God will give you extra you'll be 200 rand but it won't do much for you man in thinking put a target there Say, this year, I want to give half a million. Next year, I want to give five million. Next year, I want to give ten million. The following year, I want to give... Some of you, you're going to graduate. Uh, 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 man, 
this will be a sorry thing. If you graduate, any of you doing careers, raise your hands. Just raise your hands. If you get to third year graduation and you haven't at least blessed someone for one month, it will be sorry. It will be sorry, like a sorry state of affairs. You'll have a big head, but a thin heart. And that stuff won't work for you. Amen. And this is strong. But it's not wrong. Amen. I'm going to pray for you. Father, you, you got a word? You can come on up. Oh, I, just got a, I just got a, oh, okay, they won't see. Okay, oh, sorry. I actually just got a message from someone, an, an SMA, uh, WhatsApp from a guy. You know, he said he's heard your word, and he wants to start where he is, right? And so we mentioned that today um, we're selling only 20 tickets for Designer Life for the 450. He says for the first 10 women that buy a ticket, he just wants to sew uh, a, a free hot dog and a drink. Oh, and, and that's, that's phenomenal. Praise Amen. And so we, 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 I feel very challenged. So I want to add another 10 to the first, te- uh, the first the 20 10. to the next 20, okay? So the first 20 women that buy a ticket today or even this whole Ooh, month, month of May, you're going to get lunch at church. Okay. So thank you for that. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We know it is exactly uh, what you had in store for us. And so, Lord, we're just so thankful. And we say thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that as we go out, we are going different from when we came in. Lord, I thank you that we are going out uh, generous. We are going out with a different mindset, a mindset of abundance. Lord, I just thank you, Father, that you're bringing divine connections, Kairos moments uh, to us, that we will not lack any good thing. That as we go into the marketplace, promotion will chase us. Lord, I thank you that goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. I thank you, Father, that our businesses are protected, that favor follows us. Uh, Those who are in real estate, Lord, I thank you that you uh, open their eyes to see great properties to pick up. Uh, Those who are selling, I thank you that you uh, bring them to uh, buyers who are honorable, who will uh, 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 honor their offer and uh, go through with it. I thank you that your favor is with us in every contract that we sign as your children. I thank you, Father, that our world is getting larger and larger and larger. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Someone shout amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Bye-bye. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. That's